generation to take over and perhaps be even more ruthless because this is to be a hundred years war. Like Mr. Rumsfeld said, we should listen to what they say because these characters, in amongst all the lies they give us, will tell us little things, little statements they make where they tell us the true psychopathic truth. And we ignore it because we don't want to hear it. It's the bad news. And I'll be back with more of this bad news and telling you what's behind it after the following messages. Some cup that some team had won 
So that, that once again, they're using that as an advertising promo for recruits. So a tank going up Young Street uh, certainly dispels Canada's uh, old image of uh, a peace-loving country. But I'll continue with this, this newspaper article. It says here, their key recruitment strategy, the humble video game. More than 3,800 U.S. soldiers have been killed in action since the war in Iran. Iraq began more than five years ago. And as the conflict drags on with no end in sight, the U.S. military is running desperately short of the 80,000 new recruits it needs each year. As a horrific reality of the bloody conflict that terrorists potential recruits back home, it seems that the U.S. Army is pinning its hopes on a video game to solve one of George Bush's biggest headaches. America's Army is at www.americasarmy.com. It's a key component of a drive by U.S. forces to sell military careers to an, un- an increasingly cynical young demographic who ignore billboards and TV advertisements, and who, by being plugged into the Internet, fly firmly under the radar of traditional marketing. Military recruitment has huge support from the U.S. government, and ain't that a fact. Controversial legislation passed in 2001 compels high schools to release contact numbers of graduating students to recruiters. Your personality profile will be in there too, so they'll know exactly how to, who to hit on you to get you in. But with an estimated 73% of U.S. teenagers surfing the web at least weekly, nowhere is youth more readily accessible than in the gaming space. And with more than 8.6 million users registering to play since 2002, America's army is successfully hitting its mark. The game is a realistic and immersive tactical first-person shooter, a free download with online multiplayer capabilities and extensive input from some of the world's top game developers. Reviewers have raved about the high production values with sound effects and visual detail among its best in its genre. The game requires a relatively significant commitment of time. Experienced gamers estimate that it takes at least two hours to go through the training modules before you can log on to play the game. The realism of the game is no surprise given its source. Then it goes on to list a lot of the other uh, ones who participated in creating this game, and it's all the biggies. And it goes on to tell you that the U.S. military is putting lots and lots of money, lots and lots of money into this, and, and so is the American government. So, of course, will be the British, Australian, and every other uh, Commonwealth country government. They're putting money into video games to get the children uh, hooked uh, on a fantasy, a fantasy, and also to train them to just kill uh, the enemy target. And when they go over abroad, and no doubt in this game they'll be using uh, the clothing of the, the target that they'll eventually be set against. That's the kind of world we're, we're living in now. And you think, you think you're all free. You think that your children are free. And here you are being indoctrinated and allowing your children not just to be indoctrinated, but to be basically brought up uh, as a, with a military mentality and a killer mentality. And you think that's okay. It's astounding. It's, it's astounding to me to, to, to know what I know and to read all the old books of how they were going to create, scientifically create, this reality all around us. 
through indoctrination from a very early age and ongoing indoctrination through television for the adults. And has it ever been successful? Because the average person is so out of touch, so incredibly out of touch with the only true reality there is, uh, that it's a different world altogether. They cannot tell fact from fiction anymore. And most people have watched so many gory movies and, and blood movies and guts movies put out by Hollywood. And Hollywood itself has admitted a few years ago they were getting massive funding from the Pentagon to put these war movies out, by the way. You cannot be entertained today and enjoy it. Uh, if you if you watch any of these movies, you have to sit and analyze them. As soon as you identify with the characters, you've lost it and you're being indoctrinated. You're being you're, you're downloading into you. That's what's happening. And people today, as I say, have no idea what's really going on. They hear the sanitized, sterilized stuff that comes across the mainstream news, and they they haven't seen uh, their heroes over there booting children booting them uh, as they come out of houses because they're not going fast enough and, and knocking them to the ground or, or hitting them with their rifle butts and that kind of stuff. Uh, they, they don't see that. It's all, it's all sanitized news you get. So they think everything is, is some, some, some sort of big Hollywood production with John Wayne in it where everyone has 1950s morality or something. And even that was all fake because, again, it was Hollywood. But that's what they've done. They've given uh, the, the adult generation that's got the children uh, a completely fake reality. And they're actually training your children to go up and grow up to be soldiers. Soldiers who will fight for a cause that they won't even care about. They won't care why about anything. They just want to wear that uniform and be like the warriors in the Star Wars movies. You know, faceless, armor-clad beings, just numbers that do what they're told and, and, and shoot and kill. That, that's the unfortunate part of it. And not to, not to stop there, the suicide rate within the army is, is shot up, and it's three times higher uh, than the, the, the 6,000-odd per year they're telling you. And that's not attempted, that's suicide. That's successful. Now, another report has just come out where they've talked about autopsies on the brains of a lot of these troops. And they found the frontal lobe part of the brain has shrunk. My, 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 what would cause that? And so the experts are stumped. They think, oh, it could be Gulf War, this mysterious Gulf War syndrome or something. And they forget all about the testing even as far back in Vietnam and repeated in Jane's Magazine and others since then, the official military equipment magazine, on the Pentagon's desire and striving towards the super soldier through chemical means, eventually becoming cyborg, but first through chemicals. The Canadian troops who were in Somalia, this is from a documentary on the CBC News, that's a government-owned station, that's like this BBC for, for Canada, talked to some of the troops back from Somalia a few years ago, and they all complained of massive hallucinations during their whole tour there. They put it down to, this is what they told the public, they put it down to the new type of anti-malarial drug they were being given, which the French themselves had banned because of these effects. 
And one soldier said he couldn't believe what he'd done afterwards because he was hallucinating through all these coloured scenes, just like LSD, and going through villages and pulling his pistol out and pointing them at children's heads, wondering where to pull the trigger or not, just for fun. You see, soldiers are disposable. You find most presidents have utter contempt for them. Contempt because they know, they know, they know the mentality of them. And the mentality isn't too high. It's, it's juvenile. It's juvenile. And it's kept that way and reinforced now with conditioning. And I'll be back with more about it after the following messages. Some 
team that won some game somewhere because these guys like to play with uh, balls. This is a grown man playing with balls. What does that tell you? So I'm going to go on to the callers now and get my mind off this for a second or two. We've got Laurie from New York there. Are you there, Laurie? Yes. Hi, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. Um, thank you for taking my call. I've been listening to you pretty regularly for about four months now, and I've learned so much. Thank you so much. It's a and I, I just, um, I, I have a question. I can I just, um, can you just hear me out a little bit? Okay, you, you've said you've talked about how we live in a. I guess you used the term pathocracy. Yeah. You were using it for okay. And uh, basically, what it comes down to is like the you say the elites are psychopaths. They have no feelings for anyone but themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they they would even turn. I, I've heard you say that they would even turn against their own children. They don't care for anyone, right? Yeah, they're and a hard hard time. Uh, it's people who have have um, purpose for them. It's people they can use or live through. I mean, psychopaths do one thing all down through the, the ages, and that's they ensure they have children, uh, mainly the sons as offspring, and they live their lives through them. Uh, that's who takes over from them. They're proud of that. Yeah. Right. And now, like, I, I've also heard you say that um, you don't need to look at the supernatural to understand these guys. They're in it for the power. Like, you wouldn't go, like, to a David Icke or something like that and talk about reptilians and this, the other, because these guys that are, you know, the ones that are into eugenics and all this, for that they would, they would, they've been planning this... They know it's not going to be an easy deal. It could take 200 or 300 years. Mm-hmm. Do I understand you correctly when you talk like that? That, in other words, they're yeah. not expecting to see this in their lifetime. Uh, that's correct. Um, each part, each person who's, I mean, George Bush Jr. there, I'm sure, was coached for a good right. part of his life for, for his present role. Uh, so they, he does have a certain part to, to fulfill, and he'll go down and get a few statues made and a few libraries named after him. But... So, but- uh, uh, he knows too that uh, their, their their family offspring will take over. Right, but like what I don't understand is, if they don't care for others, they don't, and they're so cold down to the core, and they know they're not going to see the rotten fruits of their the so-called yeah. rotten fruits of their efforts, they must believe in something beyond this, some evil master, somebody that's going to give them a reward, or else why would they do it? If they're not mm-hmm. going, if why are they setting it up for? 200 and 300 years, if you look at Freemasonry or any of yeah. these elite Illuminati type things, why would they do it if they don't care for the person next to them, their children, just to, so... In other words, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying if you yeah. don't factor in the supernatural, mm-hmm. that they think there's something beyond, that they're going to get a reward from, like, if you want to say the devil or Satan or whatever. Well, what they, they do know, what, what they do it. know is what they're working towards and have been for quite some time. And they do have this, by the way, as uh, David Suzuki announced on national television in Canada Immortality. a few years ago. They, they have a, a good life extension for those who serve. Right. This That's great work. But, but their goal, of course, is, is to eventually make themselves physically, physically mm-hmm. immortal. Mm-hmm. That's and, the only uh, thing I could think of. Yeah, and uh, it's an odd thing because in ancient times you used to talk about fixing spirit and matter yes. within matter. Hold on, and, and I'll talk okay, about this when Alan, I, thank I you. come back. Yeah. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
with Cutting Through the Matrix, and we're talking to Laurie from New York about this this odd phenomenon. It's not really so odd when you look down through history and going back even to the pharaohs, and before the pharaohs, the pharaohs themselves had themselves mummified, trying to preserve the physical body. And they did have ceremonies, sometimes when the, the, the sun was away, as he often was, because sons were farmed out, put out to other relatives who were lords over satrapies of Egypt. Just exactly the same, exactly the same as the Normans did. They'd put their sons out as, an, as basically an apprentice to a knight, and he'd be a page to a knight, and eventually he'd become the knight himself. The Egyptians did the same thing. When their sons were away, sometimes the pharaoh died. The son didn't get back in time, but they'd put the son next to the pharaoh and go through this process of supposedly bringing the spirit of the pharaoh into the son. So all knowledge then was passed on to the son. And they even had uh, an idol where they could put the spirit and hold it for a little while. At least that's what they told the public. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they were obsessed with uh, eternal life in the physical world. And you've got to realize that even as far back as those days, uh, the, the elite lived a life of incredible luxury. Mm-hmm. Incredible luxury even by today's standards, and lots of uh, uh, partying and all the rest of it. <laughs> uh, and they lived, of course, on slaves. Uh, the, the majority of the public were slaves with a small trading class that came in once. And um, that was the, what they, they did. Now, if you jump into even older records of the whole idea of evil, now it's so easy to believe in a devil because when we look around the world and what's happening, especially when you understand how this world has been run over thousands of years, uh, you can see lots and lots of, of incredible evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when it's been put up and sanitized by uh, authorized authors and historians, uh, there's still an awful lot of, of hell there. In fact, that's why they call hell in, in North, the Nordic uh, language, uh, hell is the earth, mm-hmm. this place here. Yeah. And uh, so it's easy to believe in, in utter evil, or a force of utter evil. And of course, even talked about in demonology of ancient times, what was held to a demon was the absence of the physical world. Yeah. Uh, that was held to a demon. There are no senses of touch, taste, anything, or, the, or any essential um, understandings, because it's like if you were a, a, a mind with, with no attachments, just stuck in space somewhere, You'd be awfully bored for thousands of years. So, mm-hmm. so they used to say that, that hell to a demon uh, or pure evil entity was absence of the physical world. And um, it's, it, it is odd to see that down through the ages, these religions tried to preserve the bodies of the very important people that ran their system. And these guys were bloodthirsty and utterly cruel mm-hmm. to, to, to keep their power. They, they had mass executions and so on. So that, so to sum it up, I don't want to monopolize anyone's time. Thank you for taking so much time with me. But you would say that uh, it would have to be that in, they're going for immortality because I can't understand why else they would do it if you don't factor in this yeah. this idea of an afterworld where there's a the devil that's going to say, "Here, you're rewarded for all the stuff you've done." Then it, it would have to be. Do you think that the science? I mean, I know we don't hear really how advanced things are, but do you think that? They don't have it yet, right? Oh, they have it. 
They do. They can, they can give it to certain ones. And David Suzuki, who is a geneticist. I know. I'm going to look. I, I've, I've heard of him, of course, but I'm going. Does he have a book? Maybe I'll just look him up online and see if I could read some articles. And, and remember, he works for the United Nations and the World Wildlife Fund. He works for the elite. Oh, no. But he yeah. said on national television in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of one of his shows, that they have, they now have, they have it now, the ability to extend a person's life to 500 years if they wish to. Oh boy! Okay, <laughs> boy. Okay, so thank you. That that uh, clears up a lot for me, and now I'll have a lot more to uh, research. So, Alan, thank you again for everything. Okay. It's a pleasure. Okay. Yeah. Good night. Now we've got Ryan in New York. Are you there, Ryan? Hey, Ryan. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, Go ahead. Um, in New York, there's a county, uh, Nassau County, uh-huh. and uh, there's a village there. When you drive into the village, it says, uh, Incorporated Village of Freeport uh, partners with Waldorf of Germany. Uh-huh. What, uh, why would, how could, what would that be about? Well, I'm not so sure about the Waldorf Germany, but I know that the Waldorf Hotel and all the rest of it, very, very famous family. And... Um, uh, see, anything that begins with or, or has in it the NSA word, yeah. uh, for instance, in, in Hebrew, uh, a nasi, almost like nasi, <laughs> is, means the head, the head man of the Sanhedrin. And uh, it's the same thing with the NSA, National Security Agency. If you speak it, it's, it's NASA, same thing. Yeah. Or NASA is the same thing. Again, they love the, the, these words over and over all around you. Uh, especially in the high sciences that are running the, the world for you. Uh, they're talking about the head, of, in a sense. And so there's a lot of interesting places in, around New York. And and even even the fact they have uh, Rhode Island there, um, and, and uh, New York is, is they call it the, the, the empire state. But what empire are they talking? It's a world empire because the whole country was set up to, to be a new world order to run a new secular order, noble uh, order of seclorum. And uh, that's what they're fulfilling. It's an, this is why they set the United States up. And Franklin himself said uh, that he hoped it would be the embryo, and so did Jefferson, the embryo, uh, these, these consolidated states, of a, a consolidation of world states eventually run by a council or a government of 12 wise men. Because they were all capitalists as well, you see, high masons. And, and the ancient roads in, in, the, 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 in the upper Mediterranean or the GNC area at one time was the trading capital of the ancient world. And that's why you have that roads there too. And, yeah. and the, the statue they had, the Colossus uh, of Rhodes, they called it, was the same thing as you've got down there with the Statue of Liberty, with, with the, 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 the light held up as well. It was the same thing. They bought a massive one in, in, in Rhodes. And it fell down during an earthquake a long time ago. But uh, everything that's done in the past is brought back again into into the present. And these characters have gone down through the ages. I'm not talking about a particular big group of people. I'm talking about the ones who hold the power and the money and who can be the head of all types of denominations as well. They always make sure they are. And uh, money is the key to it. And uh, whoever controls the money controls the world. It's very, very simple. We're all trained for money, nothing else, just money. And we can starve to death if we have no money. Uh, even there's plenty of food around, it's a crazy system. But they've, they've conditioned the ancient world up to the present world with this particular system. And they use their old symbols over and over again. They also have, a, I think it's a new, a new uh, Babylon as well down there. 
uh, yeah, in New York as well. Yeah. So, I mean, why why would you put a Babylon up there if you were held there as captives and why not a Dachau or something? Would you put, yeah. would you name it that? Of course you wouldn't. So so why would they name a place like that? Uh, yeah. give, give it that kind of name. There's a lot of societies within groups of people uh, that keep themselves very secretive, but you'll find the tops of some of these societies uh, have incredible uh, ancestries, and and uh, uh, and again they interbreed with people of all denominations. They run all denominations, all major religions, and they have for an awful, awful long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny. They uh, think that villages they had. Uh, there was a time in the mid to the late nineties where the uh cop cars turned black. Yes. Yeah. And then you too you have Manhattan and uh, that that's that's anything with Aten in it. At Aten is a sun god from ancient Egypt. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it's a man of the sun god as well, and that's why it's why it's, it's it's amazing when you look at maps and you just see it all. You've got Memphis why would they call a place Memphis, this the so called Christian country that came from mainly from Europe? Yeah, yeah the, sim- the symbols are everywhere, and you're looking at very, very ancient symbols of um, uh, some some very powerful families that control the money system, the commerce system, and the people that that actually respect them and look up to them. They control all of that. They own it basically. Yeah, yeah. it seems like the instinct to uh, fight back has been bred out. So many people know, and no one's really doing anything. Uh, they, they won't, because uh, most folk don't care. Yeah. In, in this world, uh, and they've done study after study, and they did it at universities across the, the Western world for the last 80-odd years, and asked them, do, would they really care what flag they wore or who ran the world, or if they can still continue doing the, the things they like to do the most? And consistently, the studies show that, that 85% of the public don't care. They don't care as long as they can their little, uh, fulfill their little um, happy habits and so on and do their little routine things. They really don't care. Uh, so I think that's probably always been that way, to be honest with you. And 3% of the public, of the population run the world. They own the world, basically. Um, uh, 7% or so are their helpers, military police, etc., uh, bureaucrats. And 3% are the ones who know but don't belong to the societies, but don't have the financial power in this financial system to do much about it. And the tactics are so good, because even when I show people the, uh, the Nichols Cantrell's uh, video on YouTube, yeah. they, uh, you know, they just resort to, uh, you know, they don't like the way Nichols doesn't sound educated or something. You know, uh-huh. They think of something to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As I say, people are conditioned again to only listen to, and this is why even the Patriots radio and so on, they'll bring out professors and they'll bring out doctors and and um, and people who've worked for the military in high positions. And um, uh, the, the more so, because they've indoctrinated you, not, you've been indoctrinated into military-style uh, culture. And so when these guys come out from uh, the spook agencies or spy agencies or whatever and start telling you little bits and pieces, you swallow everything they say without questioning the fact that every one of them signed a national security statement saying they could never divulge anything under the, the, the Security Act. Uh, so how come they can tell the public? So they're still working for the government generally. And they've kept the patriots running in circles for, for decades and decades. You know. 
and there's so much going on on the screen that you kind of just coil up like a Pavlovian dog. Yes. Uh-huh. And you just resort to what's familiar, like, oh, you know, she's pretty, let's listen to what she's saying, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, you know, father figure, you know, Dan Rather guy. Now, that's that's correct. Over. You get the same things over and over and over again. And um, I always tell people to, to question everything, even what I say, go and check it out. And I try and give the details where they can check out what I say. And I don't give opinions generally on things. I don't tell people how to vote. I don't believe that the, the voting makes any difference whatsoever. I mean, Carol quickly told us the truth. He said that, that they always put their own men in, in at the top of all parties and the top advisors as well. That's all you have to do. The lesser politicians are allowed a form of competition to get brownie points. Uh, but but the, but everything is uh, the, everyone at the top is already vetted long before the public even hear their names. That's yeah. why the agenda continues intergenerationally. It doesn't matter who you vote in or out. And then for the for the other groups, the ones who, who are trying to get things changed and patriots and so on, they always give you a middle person who says all the right things. But you, we know, you see, when you have a military industrial complex, and the U.S. is made up. A good part of this industry has always been the military-industrial complex, so much so that Truman uh, had a meeting right at the end of World War II, and, and, and they decided then they'd have to be ongoing war, as it says, because the economy would collapse and go back into the 1920s-type depression. So they always have wars going, and uh, um, any one person who was put up there, even by some incredible fluke and miracle, uh, who came out of the blue somewhere... And, and got in there, he, he would he would he'd be dead before he opened his mouth. We yeah. saw that with Kennedy. Kennedy talked about the secret societies that run, and he talked. He was, he was meaning as well, not just the Masons, them too. He was also talking about all the other sects, including the Council on Foreign Relations, that make your policy for the future, and they give it. They write it out. They wrote out the implementation for the Americas and gave it to the governments. They boasted about it on television here. These are, these, are, these are societies, we know their names and so on, but, but these, these societies um, are, are essentially very secretive. They, have, they, they give uh, out stuff for the public consumption, but the rest you have to be members to get the, the nitty-gritty in the, in the, the inner meet, uh, minutes of their meetings. And they, they pick, basically, I mean, Professor Carl Quigley, Quigley was the, the, the official historian for the CFR. Yeah. He was in the record-keeping uh, place at the, at the Pratt Building in New York, and he had access to all that. He also had access to the one in the Chatham House, one in London, England, the main one, with the Royal Institute. Uh, that's what the name they use over there, Royal Institute of International Affairs. And, and uh, he had all the records, and he gives you another version of history, that, that, and it, he, he, that's why he filled in all the blank bits, you know and gave us the reasons and the purpose and the kind of world that we're, that we're bringing us into. It's a world where we won't need politicians anyway, and uh, you'll be run by experts, officially um, authorized experts will run every facet of your life, and we're now going through the conditioning process to bring us to that stage. Uh, you've got government intrusion in your homes now, even though you thought they were private. Well, let's yeah. not kid ourselves. You don't own anything if you can be taxed out of it. You can own it and tax it, be taxed out of it at the same time. Yeah, it's one or the other. Um, but now they want intrusions into your homes to to, to check your, your furnaces, check this, check that, your fire alarms, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, this is what they did in the British system. That's where they got it from, because in the majority of homes up to Maggie Thatcher's day were owned by the, the local councils. Your taxpayers' uh, money paid for all these homes, 
she privatised and sold them off. But you had the inspectors coming around all the time and making you feel so inadequate, like a peasant. And everybody scurried and looked down at the floor when these inspectors came. That's all to, to bring you down to a grovelling, inferior type of being. That's the whole purpose of it, to get it through our heads that we own nothing. Thank you, and uh, enjoy your books. It's like a, it's a different book every time you read it. Yes, it is. Thanks uh, for calling. John in California. Are you there, John? Hello, John. Huh? Yeah. Alan, yeah. How are you doing tonight, Alan? Now I'm, I'm surviving here. Yeah. Oh, geez, you disappointed me. I, I wanted to hear you say that you're not doing so bad. But anyway, I just thought yeah. I'd ask anyway. Um, well, it's starting to snow. That's why I'm seeing I'm surviving. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, Alan. Uh, I um. I noticed your comment about the influence of the Pentagon on Hollywood uh, movies, and I'm guessing also uh, just uh, normal uh, uh, TV, TV programming and various uh, uh, series. Um, I was just wondering um, what you knew about this uh, 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 series in the, in the States called 24. Are you uh, with that? I, I don't know it, no. Oh, okay, okay. I just... I'd heard about it. I haven't seen it. I guess it's been on for a few years. It sounds like one of these, um, well, I guess maybe I should look at it before I even try to talk about it. I just want to know if you had ever heard about it. I'd, that, to balance out some of your comments about influence, you know, we, we they got a new series in the, on the PBS channel, I think it is, about... about yeah. it, Hold on, and we'll talk after the break here. Gear, new recruits, 
uh, or, or guys going off, getting shipped off abroad, why they were fighting the war and to go over and give them hell and all that kind of stuff. And these young guys looked up to these actors as heroes, the, the John Wayne types. That's right. And, and uh, uh, of course, they were just children, really. And that's why they don't recruit old men for military <laughs> combat. That's Can't right. Do it too much common sense. <laughs> yeah, we, you, we would like to think so. Uh, yes. Watch that old stuff, uh, Alan. But anyway, the, uh, one other thing was, uh, I'm sure you know of a guy named Dr. Stanley Monteith. Yeah. Uh, he made the observation, I thought this was very uh, pertinent, uh, in the uh, year 2002, right before the, uh, uh, the March uh, 2003 invasion of Iraq, um, he, he loudly exclaimed, you know, we are, we are preparing and celebrating a party to have a war. And yeah. what he was talking about was all of the, um, the country music, uh, Brooks and Dunn, uh, uh, some of those other country singers, uh, you know, talking about kicking ass and, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and pretty much, you know, in September of 2002, there was this great big um, uh, Hollywood uh, country music extravaganza for, yeah. for no particular reason. And it wasn't an awards festivity, but it was just a, a bunch of, uh, you know, gung-ho, uh, uh, battle for the flag, uh, you know, yeah. singing the Star Spangled Banner. And it was, yeah. it just kind of struck me, I thought, when you made that. Well, you, you see certain actors taking brownie points again and, uh, and, and actually mentioning that they promote the war. Uh, actually admitting right. it, and it's the same in the, the complete in entertainment industry. Uh, they do come forward to, to some of the big players and uh, pay them off. They bought off, and they give them a salary for doing it, and uh, bring them around certain functions and, and drives and recruitment drives, etc., or writing songs that are all gung-ho pro-war. Seems very cynical to say that Toby Keith was the guy, I couldn't think of. And then, of course, there's the Dixie Chicks who ended up saying the wrong things, and they were yeah. uh, banned. But anyway... Thanks a lot, Alan. Good talking to you. Keep up the good work. Thanks for calling. Well, that's it for tonight from myself up in Ontario, Canada, and Hamish is sleeping here right beside me, and it's snowing outside. Buy my books. Help with the nations. Keep me going. That's all the best for me. Uh, good night to me, your God or your gods. Go with you.